0: Hello, beautiful people. If you're in the D.C. area, my 10-minute play, The Ferberizing of Coral, has been selected for the D.C. Source Festival's 10th Anniversary Best of 10-Minute Plays series. For tickets and performance information, visit sourcefestival.org. All right, here's the show.
1: Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to leave. Darlings, you Hello and
0: welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a Helen Hayes award-winning actor, as well as writer, director, award-winning filmmaker, and teacher at the National Conservatory of Dramatic Arts. It's Doug Wilder, everybody. Hey. How you doing? I'm all right, all right. Good. And you are here to talk
2: about... No Way to Treat a Lady.
1: The competition may be fierce, but I'll even out the scores Soon the press will I'll be knocking down my door. In no Time I'll be in print for all to read, but first. I need a line.
0: Okay, so this is another <laughs> in what I'm calling my Zeitler episodes, uh, <laughs> which are shows that I'd never heard of before they were recommended to me. Um, t- how did so this is a Oh, just let you talk about it. How did this show come into your into your life?
2: Yeah, so um, I guess it was a 1987 Broadway show that that sort of did fairly well and uh, and then sort of disappeared off the map, except for in regional theaters. And I saw it at a small regional theater in Maryland, I guess in the mid 90s. Uh, and my now current friend, although then he was sort of a like an acting god to me, uh, oh, <laughs> Ray Ficka wow. uh, played the lead. He played the cop. Oh, okay. Um, so I saw it. I saw it there, and you know, I thought, "Oh man, that was such a great show." And then I didn't think about it for five or six more years because mm. that's how great, yeah. <laughs> In my teenage <laughs> mind, it was. Uh, and then I, you know, when I came down here and started going to school, they were they were listening to it in the office one day, and I was like, "I know that musical. What is that musical?" And they were like, "No way to treat a lady." And I was like, "Wait a minute, I saw that musical." And I was like, "I saw you in that <laughs> musical." <laughs> It <laughs> had kind of a, yeah, okay. <laughs> kind of a surreal moment for you and you. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then, you know, I started listening to it and memorized it like you do. Right. Yes, uh, I do. I mean, yes. You get a new musical, you got to listen yep. to it for three months yep. and then get it in your blood. Uh, <laughs> I get that. Uh, I fell in love with it.
0: Oh, great. So, yeah, it's a, uh, this was, you, you so far win um, the hardest musical to track down <laughs> a recording of because. I've had, there's a, a few we've done that aren't available, but they're usually on YouTube. So you can just kind of grab them there or they're available on Amazon kind of readily. Right, but this yeah. one I had to search on and then search again and then I did finally find somebody selling it on Amazon for like a buck and I grabbed it. And it was funny. And then I, I think I sent you a picture right away to be like, is this the right version? Because there's two <laughs> versions and I just want to make sure this is the right one. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a fun, I mean, this is a York Theatre Company production. The recording is. um, With book music and lyrics by Douglas J. Cohen, who I don't know. Do you know any of his other work? I don't know any of his other work, no. Yeah. It's based on the William Goldman novel and film, later starring Roy Seigert, the uh, No Way to Treat a Lady. Um, Before we go any further, we should probably tell people exactly what this show is about. Do you think you could
2: do a plot song No Way to Treat a Lady? Uh, So, yeah, there's... um, It's sort of about this cop named Mo uh, and... Or Morris, uh, mm-hmm. and he uh, As he prefers. He's a young Jewish cop uh, in the city, and he has this sort of desire to be have a better, bigger life, you know. Uh, and he, he doesn't know what that really means, but like, they, you know, there's this whole thing about being on the front page of the news, and his brother's always in the newspaper, and uh, you know, he's, his mother's sort of always hammering on him, and you know, concurrently, there's this. Uh, this out-of-work actor, Christopher Gill, whose mother was this truly famous actress. She dies, uh, and then he's in the paper for sort of the first time in his life as an out-of-work actor. Uh, and the the story progresses where, you know, the the, the young actor who's, who's sort of down on himself decides, I'm going to—the way I'm going to get reviews is I'm going to be an actor— Serial killer. Right. I'm gonna be a serial killer, but I'm gonna go as like different like disguises. I'm gonna create characters and then go murder people, um, Spe- specifically old women. Specifically old women. Yes. And Specifically old women. All played by the same woman who plays his mother. Right. Uh, and Morris's mother. Right. So okay. It's weird, I was like, wondering about that. If all the mothers are played by. Okay. I couldn't figure out in the listening who was double cast exactly. But yeah. Because there's only four actors. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the the mother plays both mothers and then all the victims. Okay. Um, so yeah, he starts murdering these women and then like drawing these lipstick kisses on their foreheads, um, and so Morris gets like he's on the case. He goes to investigate this murder, uh, and before they really know it's a serial killer, and so Christopher Gill calls him. On the phone when he's back at the office and he's like you know you're gonna be my the cop that I talk to right and so it sort of elevates both of them to this place where they're sort of getting more and more attention and then at the same time Morris is dating this woman Sarah who's a neighbor of the first victim mm-hmm. um, and so like his life sort of gets everything that he wants at the same time he gets this you know respect and fame from him working on this case but he's also gets this earnest sort of pursuit of love uh, and, and, like, relationship that he's always wanted, you know, and both of which could sort of elevate him out of his mother's house, right. you know, which is... Which is definitely which is a goal. Definitely the primary goal, Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> There's mother's apartment, we should say. Right, a, yeah. yeah. It's it his own room, and that's about it. Right. You know. uh, and so, yeah, he you know, as the story progresses, the the case sort of takes over more and more of his life. It's sort of interfering with his love life. There's a there's a question of whether or not they're going to break up. And then at the same time, the love life is interfering with his relationship with the serial killer. And so the serial killer is like, I've got to get some way, find a way to get his attention. And so in the end, the serial killer kidnaps the, the girlfriend, Sarah. Um, and, you know, that's like the, the ticking time bomb of right. I got to solve this one last mystery, or else somebody's going to die, and it's going to be somebody close to me. Um, and so you know, solve the mystery and find the girl in the penthouse and shoot the killer and get the girl, get the girl, and save the day on and the front page, and everybody's good, move out, move
0: out. <laughs> everybody, and everybody's good, um, <laughs> happy endings all around, right, well, except for well, I guess actually no, this the killer's pretty happy right at he the gets end, he likes being shot, I he knows he's gonna get on the front page, yes of the times. now he will <laughs> which is he is ha- i mean it is it's funny how like some of the plot points in this are very typical, like his he's haunted by his mother, yeah, yeah, who is obviously not a nice person to him, and you know, he's his his mother through him in a kind of Norman Bates ish way is always harassing him and haranguing him. And even right. he's like, I'm in the paper, I'm in the post. She's like, Not the Times, you know, it's yeah, yeah. like not on the front page of the Times, <laughs> exactly in the same way that Morris's mother is always bothering him about his
2: brother, right? The Jewish doctor who's, who's so in much the paper
0: for why is he in the paper? Oh,
2: it's weird. <laughs> it's like he, he makes a discovery in like bronchi, bronchitis, right? It's okay. like, yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, he's, it's like bronchial asthma or something. They're like, yeah, he, he and made, a, made a t- key discovery in bronchial asthma, you know? Right. And he's it's like like you do, uh, yeah. Like, okay. well, I mean, I guess that would be a big discovery. Well, it would be
0: especially well. This takes place in the like the fifties, right, or the sixties. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not it's not contemporary right. to us. So there, are, like, because there are a couple of moments where characters have to sit by the
2: phone and right. wait for a call. That's part of the. Part of the plot, I guess. Wherever the movie takes place, yeah, I think the movie's in the late '60s. In theater, it's always just like it takes place in in a black box, right, (laughs) where people don't have cell phones, and that's all you need to know. That looks like it's from a while ago,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) There, everybody's wearing suits. Everyone looks really nice, you know. But like everyday suits, not like the kind we have now. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a. It is a dark show, darkly comedic kind of show. Um, Favorite. And your favorite
2: dark comedy with a happy ending. That's your favorite kind yeah, of. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, dark
0: comedy is a tricky one.
2: It all it gets like great reviews for the acting. You know, because mm-hmm. the 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 roles. I mean, the you know the, the Christopher Gill role, the serial killer role. Yeah, I mean, he plays ten different people, you know, right. and the, or not ten different people, but ten different versions of himself. Well, he, he, yeah, the, he puts as, on ten yeah. different personas, and they're all very. I mean, they're wildly different. Right, and I had yeah. this.
0: I was impressed by. I was really impressed in the recording, listening to them that he they got the one with the silly accent out really early, yeah, yeah, so that they weren't because there's I think a danger when you have a character who has to take on different personas where eventually it's just going to be goofy walks and yeah, it's and like silly the thing right. I'm doing the
2: limp tonight. you right. do the the blink right like, yeah. and that's the <laughs> you got the eye twitch. twitch right and I do the
0: other thing, <laughs> and that's the gimmick. Um, they go right and he plays a priest in the first one, and then he plays a like an Italian ballroom dancer in the uh, second yeah. one.
1: you're same. <laughs> safer in my arms, safe from all the foes of the night that haunt you and surround you. So safe, disregard alarms, concentrate on holding me tight, now that my arms have found And then from
0: then on, it's all shades of New York accent. Right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get, which prevents it from getting shtickish and right. silly. It stays kind get of... Get the shtick out of the way. Yeah. Exactly. No, You know at some
2: point he's going to do something super silly, so let's just do it now. Right. And it's sort of like combined with like him growing as an actor, mm-hmm. right? You do the do that sort of like broad style early, and then as he grows as an actor,
0: and then as he becomes a
2: better serial killer. Right. He does become a better serial killer and a
0: better <laughs> actor. But then he does play, I mean, he does play a woman. Mm-hmm. As the last one, I think we see, uh, before he kidnaps the girlfriend. And it is a very restrained performance. I mean, it's kind of funny right. to talk of it this way, but it, he's doing just a sort of simple, quiet woman, contrasting with his very baritone presence. Right. Because char- his character is so big, right. all the characters he plays, mm-hmm. except for the flamenco. Even the flamenco dancer like is kind of small compared to his actual personality. So it's a really interesting, that's very clever writing to yeah. have the, the person be that big and then all the caricatures be small, because I think the instinct would always be to go the other way, mm-hmm. to have the, the the persona be non-existent, who puts on these
2: other characters. But that's not what he's doing. He's not. He's doing it as a performance. He's treating it like a real right. And his mother says, uh, you know, when she insults his acting earlier when he sings for her, she's right. like, you know, you have no feel for passion. You're just a mimic. You know, like and and really like his yeah. the his greatest role. Is when he's a serial killer in the final scene, you know, because right. I mean, he's actually just himself yeah. as a serial killer. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, you see that in, in, in acting all the time, right? Like the the students in acting, they 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 walk out of a commedia class, right? They're they're doing you know huge farcical work, right? And they walk out of the, they're in the classroom, and they're like, oh yeah, hi, I'm, uh, and they walk out and they're in the hallway, like making fun of the role they just, or the, you know, the part they just did. And they're hilarious. Mm -hmm. And they're huge. And you, and Ray, Ray, who played this Mm -hmm. cop role, uh, who I work with is always like, why don't you, why don't you do that in there? (laughs) Like, just do that. Yeah. In there, you know, like, so, because it's
0: embarrassing.
2: Right, it's so embarrassing. Isn't this like the most... It's, I heard, it's like a Ted Danson
0: quote. I feel like sometimes he was shooting a movie or shooting something. He was on set with this younger actor and they're getting ready to do something silly and huge. And he just turned to them before the cameras were and goes, isn't this embarrassing what we do? Because it is super yeah. embarrassing. Like the, in front of people for no reason, like in rehearsal or in a class to just be like, yeah, I'm just going to go nuts here and uh-huh. be silly. And it's like, and, and everyone's... Daring at me, like it's not just like friends hanging out talking. It's not the same, right? Kind of you vibe. have to have a desire to
2: humiliate
0: yourself, and, well, and not care. Yeah. I mean, there is this built-in like. Like you have a, you're not worried at least in the moment of what people will think. If they stop, if they don't laugh, like you might get tense like everyone does.
2: Yeah, that land.
0: You see all the time in American, like used to see anyway, in American Idol auditions. Because there was always one or two and they would always be shared. It was like the person who'd walk in and be like, I'm a star. And they'd sing way off key. And right. Simon would insult them because that's the show. And they'd storm out. With this sort of like, they don't know what they've lost. Like, I'm gonna be huge, and I'm like, that's we're all of that's all of us, right? Like, just we're not that loud about it. <laughs> Some of us are more talented, but that is all of us. When we get rejection, we're just like, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, like, sorry, you just, you this to, is you, it, the problem is you. The problem is not me. <laughs> and my greatest because that's why Christopher Guest movies I find to be terrifying oh, more than funny because it's like that I could be me, like I and I just don't know. Like you have to have
2: that level of self awareness yeah. to be like. We're all so narcissistic yeah. and yet so afraid of being wrong. Right. You know? <laughs> Terrible combination. <laughs> That's why we have podcasts so we can talk about it, you know, instead of therapy. Right. It's like you know, you see like eight hundred small theater companies crop mm-hmm. up every year because somebody's like, I'm not getting hired as a director or an actor. I'm gonna hire myself and put on yeah. my own show.
0: But yeah, that's the that's the that it's it's that whole thing of like what are you what are you creating for, mm-hmm. and ultimately, you have to be creating for you right? why are you murdering people? right? You have are to you be doing it people? for your mother's approval because <laughs> if you're doing it, you're never gonna get that no nope. she's dead she doesn't, he doesn't kill his mother, does he no, no okay, no, no. so she does just die. Yeah. it wasn't it, I was kind of wondering, like, did you start this like killing your mom, but no, he just <laughs> okay, he just sets that up that way it and I have to imagine that like I mean. You know, for all the people in this show, like this, like they know that probably better than anybody else that like you just have
2: to create your art for you, right? Yeah, and and move on from it, from there. Uh, it's and you can hope. I mean, you know, one oh, of the best sure. one of the best things about like the awards uh, in town or the awards in New York is you can get noticed for good work. Mm-hmm. You know, individually, sort of maybe you don't get a big audience, but you get noticed for good work. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, when I won my first Helen Hayes Award. I just remember being so disappointed the entire show that nobody was there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it was so disappointing that that I was doing the show, like, murdering my body. Right. Because it was one man, two governors, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's murder. Yeah, <laughs> you, have a, you have a thing with that, though. I, I do. I have, a, I have a complex of taking on things that I know are going to be really hard on me. Yeah, physically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, like, just, yeah, even beyond emotionally. But I'm sorry, you were saying that... Um, but I just remember, you know, we had a really good closing weekend mm-hmm. uh, so we had four weekends where nobody was there and we had a really great sold out closing weekend and I had pneumonia <laughs> and I couldn't talk like my, my voice is gone you know talking right. like this uh, so I'm doing a show on a, with a microphone you know doing all my lines like this <laughs> uh, and the one time that there was an audience right. and you know like oh I can't even that was like I'm was. still not I'm, I'm tr- I learned to do this for me <laughs> mm-hmm. and now you're here, now you're here and right. I could do it for you <laughs> but I can't <laughs> right but yeah, the you know you can get noticed for good work in small mm-hmm. places, you know. And in this uh, show, uh, the guy who played Christopher Gill got a lot of notice. Uh, I and in fact, it. when they yeah. did it in DC, I'm pretty sure that uh, Larry Redmond was nominated for Helen Hayes. Might have won Helen
0: Hayes for for that role. Uh, and I believe it. There are certain parts that are just if you do them well, yeah, like awards bait. And I think this is one of them that gives you a real chance to right. really show off what you can do. Like you say, play 12 parts in, right. in one show. It's, like and a, it's a risk and a, you know, a risk and a role. It's well, and it's a... a funny thing to do in a multicast theater because you can, like, there is always a moment when you have, especially when he's coming in playing a different character, but playing himself playing that character, uh, talking to an actress who is actually playing different people. <laughs> there is a moment, I think, I wonder how many times people, like, in this show you might go, is he, like, is he actually no he's not like in the beginning you'd be kind of like, is he actually right. that person no no he's still the killer okay like there is a moment of like yeah multicasting kind of run amuck, where you're like is he playing which part is he playing See, and, and it just enough i think to kind of throw you off guard yeah. a tiny bit you gotta have mystery somewhere fun. in the murder mystery right well especially <laughs> when you know who did it yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's why columbo never worked for right me. from the top right from the top yes you see they this. did a
2: reworking in phoenix of the show where they moved the opening number uh to try to create that sort of who's the killer vibe and like, well, cause that's the way the winner. movie is, as I understand it. Like mm-hmm.
0: the movie is very, like you see all these murders happening and it's not clear that it's Rod Steiger every, And then eventually it becomes, Oh, it's the same guy mm-hmm. playing all these different parts, killing these same murders. So I think that's the, and maybe the way the book is structured too, that the movie's based on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in a, I, and I, think, I guess in that way you'd be playing with the doubling yeah. to make it work to make like. it work mm-hmm. but even, in, in, again like i think that might get in the way a little bit of a sh- cuz this show i i the thing i really like about it too is how how some of the beats like i say are very typical mm-hmm. and very straightforward which makes the surprising moments all the much more fun because i do not see them i don't expect them i don't right, expect it's sort of surprised. a
2: really really easily like you know the 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 boy meets girl structure mm-hmm. of the love story yeah yeah
0: but it is a love triangle. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's like a love hexagon because mm-hmm. you have <laughs> the mothers. You have all the mothers. We have two guys, their mothers, the cop's girlfriend, the cop and the killer. Uh-huh. Like, And so there's the cop, the killer, and the girlfriend, the cop, the mother, and his brother, the cop, the mother, and the girlfriend, the, the killer, the mother... And I, I feel get, like you're making the, cop, like like it's, the true detective it is like, uh, wall of it conspiracy. Makes, <laughs> times a flat circle. And there's like 47 love interests in this show. But it is fun. Like, there is that, my favorite bit really was the scene it's pretty early where he is he has the series of the cop has the series of lunch dates oh yeah eventually he has to break the lunch date because he's made the killer mad and the killer's gonna stop calling him yeah so he's got to like break the lunch date and wait by the phone for the killer to call so his life like that relationship is the one that's important So i'm having lunch with sarah in the distance
1: i hear violins then at two it's goodbye to sarah now my second appointment begins. Detective Brother. One hour and 23 mm-hmm. minutes to finish a cheese croissant. What? what? That's how long it took you for lunch, Morris. Mm-hmm. Now you're not trying very hard on this case, Morris. I want to see some headlines in the times. Oh, wait a minute. I love
2: shows that sort of give you a montage in a song. In a song. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, Theater does that so well. I know, so well.
0: And Musicals do that. I mean, can really, because montages, we're always trained, I'm sure you were trained never to do a montage in a film. Right. So that, yeah. When you're writing, break it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, karate kids got to
2: train somehow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now, they can get over you. I think one of the reasons we're trained not to do them is because
2: they can. Is, well, it's also We'll so just throw easy. A here. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the easiest way to to get emotional content across. Mm-hmm. You know, like put on a song that everybody really likes. And cut together the best possible moments of psychological performance. Right, and there you go. You yeah, know, like and in Marona, three minutes, right. you can get somebody maybe tearing up. Yeah, right. Yeah, or somebody from zero to hero. And, yeah, yeah, and ready for the fight
0: and or whatever. And, you know, That's a good montage song. Zero to hero. That's <laughs> zero <good>. to zero. <laughs> hero. It's <laughs> good. I like that. The yeah, and the montage in this. I mean, this is the best kind of musical montage though, because it is that like. You see the progression of a relationship. You see the and you see very clearly what his problem is going to be. Like that, this is going to be the issue. You also, I really like. I have to say, how much of the psychological problems in this show are self inflicted?
2: Yeah, I really
0: like that. I like that it's not. I think Nora Ephron talks about. There's two kinds of romantic comedies. There's the Christian tradition and the Jewish tradition. In the Christian tradition, it's the knight on the horse girl in the tower, dragon in front of the tower. And you mm-hmm. got to kill the dragon to get the girl. That's the only thing standing in your way. In the Jewish tradition, the only thing standing in the way between you and your happiness is you. <laughs> you were, And if you can get over your own neurosis.
2: Oh, that dragon seems really strong. strong. I don't know. It's like it's right. Well, like you're oh, the dragon. Like slime on the stone. Right. <laughs> I'm going to climb this tower.
0: Right. What if I get up there? I don't like it. I don't know. i going to go home. Oh, I'm going to get sick from the mold. Yeah, right. You've been in this castle? How long have you been here? You have hepatitis. The, which is a funny sounding disease. The, uh, though a terrible one and and donate now. But so that, that, this show has a lot of that, of the, of this. I mean, the characters are obviously overtly Jewish, but it is this idea of just like the cop is unhappy and most of his unhappiness is because he can't. You know, right, he's not living up to what he wants or what other yeah. people think he should be and he doesn't well, know living, what he should be. Yeah, and, he's, he's worried about other people's right. expectations. And meanwhile, there's this woman who really likes him for mm-hmm. who he is and he's just not he's not willing to see that yeah. for what it is. And he f- still thinks he's got to be something more. Yeah. And there's a great... I mean, the, fun, the, the, the show also has really great... It's funny to compliment these little things, but when a show is not successful, I always expect it to have... Like, when Amanda Zeitler was here and we talked about Star Mites, like, <laughs> that show's a disaster. Like, it's just an unmitigated disaster. And it's a fun disaster, but it's a disaster. And so I get why that show wasn't Right. In. <laughs> but this is, you know, it, it does a lot of really clever moments and things with characters of, of disguising motivations or of, like, having scenes like when he brings the girlfriend to meet his mother and you just think it's going to... It's obviously right. all going to go wrong. Like, you know that. And they set up very clearly at the beginning, like, there's your three things you can't <laughs> talk about. And so you know that all three of these things are right. going to come up. But the way she... Like, she just take The girlfriend just takes hold of the situation and sings it. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah!
1: Yeah, oh most Margaret
2: McIntyre, like the most Irish name ever. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> she. Yeah, it's she's so. It's a fun group. I mean, they really like. It's a really nice cast, and it's a really it's really
2: well put together. I love. Um, I I sort of am a big fan of like, of earnest, like love stories. Mm-hmm. You know, love stories that are, um, where the characters sort of really embrace an idea that they want to be in love. You know, and he has this this great moment when he meets her uh in this so at far so good. You know, like, um, totally where so he's walking far. away and he's like,
1: Dear Sarah Stone, don't look so sad. You'll find that Sarah Brummel doesn't sound happy. I may break up my throat is dry. I'll grow so sick with love. With luck I won't recover.
2: I'm so excited about just being head over heels in love. You know, I I love that. Like that's my one of my favorite things about theater is that it's one of the few places where you can go and watch something where people are genuinely excited to be I don't know naive or mm-hmm. you know immature or you know and and like, I hate when cynicism bleeds into that, right? Like, when, when we're all sitting there going, oh, yeah, well, just wait till you have a kid, man. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> right, of Three, like... yeah. But, uh,
0: well, no, that's the... See, no, what's funny to me is that you said two things. You love earnest and hopeful love mm-hmm. and dark yeah, humor. right, right. And I'm now trying to think of things that have those two yeah. things, like, <laughs> in equal proportion. Because I think one of the dangers of dark comedy where it can kind of get too much for me is when it becomes cynical yeah and it it can which is what i think the problem with like as i say duplex danny devito's movie is is that ultimately it's a very cynical portrayal of humanity death the smoochie oh man i loved it it's a great movie (laughs) it really is it's on the shelf here it's robin williams and ed norton right and ed (laughs) norton edward norton turning in Honestly, a really interesting performance and a really interesting – I mean, there's – and I will say there were a few moments watching it a second time of being like – actually, this movie isn't – there are a lot of writing problems with the – they bring up a lot of more interesting ideas they never fully explore. And one of them is this idea of Edward Norton's character's dark past Mm -hmm. and, like, why he's this way that they don't fully – manifest. And there's an interesting moment late in the movie where he's attacked by somebody and he flips and he turns the gun on them and he has this really intense look on his face and then it just disappears. I'm like, "God, that's so fascinating. Like what is what is happening there?" But it is this like it is not a cynical movie. It is a very uh, it's a yeah. very dark and dirty film. <laughs> but the characters in it all really do want to do good. They right. want to do they want to you know, it's a lot of fault like children's education and Rob Williams has fallen, but just cuz he's forgotten what the joy is, you know, to what he does. I
2: think it I think it's part of our career. You know, like yeah. we spend so much time wanting to delve into these dark stories, right? Like hey, mm. Hamlet's a dark story. Oh, yeah. You know, or, or, you know, Romeo and Juliet is dark, right? Another show where there's really earnest hope. There is, earnestly, yes. It uh, doesn't go well, but. No, it you know. does not go well. No. Uh, but we, you know, we spend so much time wanting to delve into these darker things, but we also want them to be beautiful, mm-hmm. right? To, to see the light and the beauty in them, the lightness of that, right? Like we. We never want people to be in a show and go, oh, gosh, I'm so depressed. I mean, that's why I love South Park. Like, I think South Park, mm-hmm. one of the things I always say about those guys is I feel like they always land on the right side of morality. Mm-hmm. You know, like their shows just always end with going, yeah, but we could just be better. Right, you know, and it's not I mean, that hard. Right, don't you see? Like Book of Mormon is like, don't you see how religion is important, like, mm-hmm. and can be important and can really help people, even though we just spent two hours really making fun of it. Right. <laughs> well, it's the specifics, huh? right?
0: We always get in trouble with the specifics. The right. general concepts are always good. It's when yeah. we have to, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's because it's absolutely true, and it's one of the things that we talked about this when we did the live show, and we talked about you or whatever I can get. How I really appreciated that. It doesn't give. It's a show with some dark, sad moments and some genuine sadness, but it does not give into that over. Because there's a difference between cynicism and realism, and I right. think two people get the two mixed up a lot. Of this, like people say a lot of mean things, they're just like, "I'm just telling it like it is. Yeah, I'm just right. being real." It's like, no, no you're, you're being a jerk. Exactly right. <laughs> doesn't mean you're wrong. It just <laughs> means you're being a jerk. Like it's not. There's a way to say what you just said in a in a more honest way, and I think that. That show has the really interesting thing of people not being resigned to being alone, mm-hmm. but being okay with who they are, which means being alone isn't a problem. You know, there's a, right. it, it's a subtle difference, but it's a, it's a difference, and I think that it's all just these little shades. Like I say, with Death to Smooching being sad at points, but not cynical, and this this show also being earnest, because it can go the other way. You can be right. earnest and be treacle, and this doesn't do that either. This no. gets earnest. And I and in the dark balances the earnestness and, and ends up in a very genuine happy place for everybody.
2: At yeah, the end. I mean everybody's really. I mean, really there's happy. not a lot of like earnestness in sweetie Todd.
0: <laughs> well, there is. No, there's there's Anthony <laughs> and the young and, lovers. Anthony yeah. and Joanna are the are the counterbalance to the to the terror. So now very, the terror very wins cynical, in yeah. that. <laughs> But I think, but the horror wins only in the. Because it's all fruit from a bitter tree. It's all... The revenge that Sweeney starts out with has to pay out in a very awful way because he's just wantonly murdering people. So that has... That can't end happily for everybody. But Joanna and Anthony are together We do sort of
2: wish it would. Although you're sort of excited when Mrs. Lovett gets her come Oh my God, yes. Like, that's really nice. I only wish, like, every
0: time I've seen that show, I always wish that Anthony and Joanna weren't there to see all the bodies on the ground like right. that's only the thing i was like i wish they could stay outside and they can just go off because now i mean the judge is dead the Beatles dead mm-hmm. everybody who had a claim on her is dead so they can escape and be happy and i'm sure they do a little bit anyway but yeah it is you know they're <laughs> spoil the beauty you do and destroy i mean the other thing is the innocence that gets like straight out oh, yeah. destroyed and i mean toby being the sort of the innocence in that show—this right. this nice kid who's just doing what he feels—and he's right. I mean, that's grinding the, up people in the <sighs> basement. But he's also—I mean—the thing that makes not while I'm around so sad is that he's right. Mm-hmm. He's like Mr. Todd is bad, and what he
2: doesn't realize is Mrs. Lovett's also bad. Right. <laughs> he missed that part. So yeah. But yeah, then you have a, a show like this where you have another guy killing lots of people. Right. Right. But his evil doesn't spoil. The goodness in the show right right like, like his evil doesn't bleed out all over the place
0: well yeah because i mean well a one of the problems you have in that comparing it with sweeney is that sweeney's slitting people's throats which has to be bloody like this guy's strangling people so it's a bloodless bloodless act <laughs> so he, it can't so the evil can't bleed out exactly because it's, still contained, it's still contained within but also i wonder how much of that what you just said is also affected by the fact that it is all played by the same actress so uh-huh. there's not a piling up of bodies right. on the stage because this actress is going to turn around and do it again. And every time she shows up, you know she's there to be killed. Right. Like that's just what she's there for.
2: And that well, is, you do sort of feel like the woman that he should be kidnapping is Mo's mother. And that's that way, what I right? thought. Like, it, well, that's what I yeah. thought was going to
0: happen. I really did think that the last like, one that looks just like my right <laughs> that he was going to go after the mother, and it was going to have to be this. But that, of course, doesn't make any sense. The narrative wise. Like he's got to, he has, and that's what makes it so nice is that he, independent of his girlfriend, has to extricate himself from his mother. Mm -hmm. And he does that when he's alone and like, and the girlfriend's left him and he kind of goes like, I'm moving out. Like I'm cutting it loose and I'm on my way and I'm going to be my own guy and now I'm going to go save her. But like he doesn't know, it's not like he's choosing between his mother and, and Sarah. He's choosing independence and then he'll go get the woman because now he's worthy of of her affection right. you know in that kind of dramatic way uh is a really like it's an important important thing to do this show is also i wonder if part of its lack of initial success is because it it feels very out of place for 1987 <laughs> meaning it feels like an earlier show you know what right I mean? like yeah it feels like a 70s well it's
2: musical built on that movie well so. right
0: that's true but, like,
2: 1987 is... The, like, height of Les, Les Phantom,
0: yeah. Into the Woods. You know, like, this is... The, it's Cameron McIntosh is on the rise, and mm-hmm. it's these bigger... This show is very simple and very small and, and not grandiose at all. And And I feel that I wonder... That just rhymed. I wonder if that was part of the problem, was it was just kind of
2: out of step maybe i mean if you see i mean all broadway musicals are sort of pushing to a place where they get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger mm-hmm. or you know they've lived at that place for a long time yeah you know i mean spider-man i guess being the uh the one that really shows it us is the apex of- <laughs> how big we can get on yeah. broadway oh and can we How many leading actors we can murder <laughs> what how we can
0: <laughs> can a show run for two years in previews it's uh like, let's find out <laughs> yeah that is that's funny you put it there. i never thought of that but like turn off the dark is kind of like the ultimate overblown right. musical i mean it's a franchise based on a product right. that isn't naturally musical and was almost killing people and still like <laughs> but we must put this show on god i can't imagine how much money they lost spider-man turn off the dark first preview november 28th 2010 opening day <laughs> June 14th, 2011. It oh, ran for 182 wow. previews. Total performances 1066. Man, yeah, that's it a ran. Lot of performances. It yeah. ran. I had a friend who worked uh the bar at that at the Foxwoods um when this was running and he was just like, he's like I've seen it 3 times and I I have no idea. He's like I don't know what's going on. <laughs>
2: That's amazing. Does it have the stats on how many spider No, Spider-Mans not on the R B D B. It doesn't have a... How many spider Man broke bones? How many Spider-Mans?
0: Do <laughs> how many Spider-Mans? Uh, how many Spider-Mans? <laughs> well, because there were... But there's, it, it's hard to guess that number, probably, actually, because there were also multiple oh, spider Man in the in show. In the Because show, there's the flying Spider-Man, there's the running... Like, there's a bunch of different... So many would be the answer right? to that question. Yeah. So, so many. I mean, I think that also, like, the big overblown musical... That sounds like, like a role for me.
2: Spider-Man? A, a role that I can really hurt you could, myself could, You could hurt physically. yourself. Well, you
0: just did, How did you hurt yourself in Trevor at first stage? Oh, what did you do? I, uh,
2: I'm like, you know, I don't have cartilage left in my knees from football and years of abuse. Oh, okay. Sure. So I, I just jumped and like sprained my MCL and uh, like landed perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. after jumping over a chair like really nailed the landing but my knee just decided it was like that was enough through with me for the day sure uh and it just pow oh like popped so i like smashed you know face first onto the ground and then you know i kept thinking to myself i'm chasing these people out there so I just pulled poop out of my diaper. Okay. Uh, in the show. We should say real fast, Trevor's a show where you played a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. So I'm now chasing these people out of the house and now like I, I'm on the ground, so I'm crawling, like army crawling after them. And I just mm-hmm. get and I have a monologue to do and then I've been shot by a tranquilizer dart, so I can just fall asleep right now for right. five minutes and then I have another like yeah. twenty minutes of show to do. So I my leg is, you know, like on like so hurts so I yeah. can't move it. Um crawling towards my spotlight and i'm trying to do this monologue but all that's coming to my mouth is "Ah, uh, uh, uh," you know and then i and then i let out this amazing fart (laughs) like (laughs) no joke the loudest fart (laughs) maybe ever heard in humanity like it filled the theater like it vibrated the walls okay good so big uh, that everybody in the audience thought it was a sound cue because I just pulled poop out of my pants, right, so no, it was it's like a, totally it, it's fine. Motivated, yeah. uh, and at that moment, as my body released from you know, and it was just like I'm, all, I, we're done. We're not getting to the spot. You're going down right now. Right, and like you know, it's still twenty feet away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just collapsed, sort of like in incredible pain, but also sort of like laughing pretty hard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did you finish the show? Yeah, one oh. one leg. I wow. I just sort of hobbled around on one leg for the, rest of the show. Oh my god. Like, you the, know, like getting from well, one right. set piece to the next and the hold next myself and up sitting down
0: here <laughs> right. and moving over there. Gosh, I can't even. Oh my god, Doug. That's Well, cuz I saw the video of you in Costco, was it, with the oh, Walmart right. with in the my crutches in your rascal being yeah. showed how to put your crutches on. I missed rascal.
2: one. Just one show? I missed uh well, I would have missed a lot of them, but we we were dark from Monday to Thursday, so Oh, okay. Like, I went down Saturday night and I was back in Thursday night. Wow! Um, I mean, but, you walked in here under your own power. Yeah, so, yeah I'm yeah, back I'm mostly back. Yeah, uh, and look, people kept keep telling me mind. I'm limping. You know, like, oh hey, yeah. you're limping, and I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're a liar, right? <laughs> 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 Not limping.
0: Please don't tell me I'm limping. It Doesn't help. Yeah, no, that's okay. Well, yeah, you can do Spider Man. So yeah, Spider Man's Spider Man's next. Right? I mean, yeah, that right, could because like, you still got some cartilage left. I
2: and... might get like two or three years of workers' comp. Yeah, <laughs> Spider Man. <Spider-Man.
0: laughs> I could really hurt myself. Give me some of that Broadway unemployment money. <laughs> I could really hurt myself in this show. This would be great. I've been looking for a show to really. <laughs> oh hurt no, myself I still in. can't walk. Right? Mm. Oh, what am I doing? It's no good. None of it's any good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do Spider Man, dog. Please, for no. Those, I, those of us who. Yeah
2: i probably... My wife would be very upset. I think she would, yeah.
0: <laughs> I think a lot of people would probably be <laughs>
2: upset. <laughs> she, your mother, she's e- My artist. mother's just like... Here again. Right? Like, <laughs> when my mother dies, I probably will become a serial killer. It,
0: oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, first <laughs> Not because of this, though. Not because... Just because in No, general. just, yeah. yeah, in general. No, yeah, just in general. That's just how you trend. Yeah, so I'm sort of right.
2: like... She's like, she's keeping me sane. Okay. <laughs> Years and years and years, <laughs> but you have a successful
0: performance outlet. I mean, that's one thing that that the oh, right. kit doesn't have. Is you have a, you have. I mean, a, I could you know, like any actor, I still feel like I haven't done anything. Oh right. <laughs> well, that's I. Well, but that's important. I think to say out like for everyone to say out loud, all the time. Oh yeah. Is to realize that like, I realized at one point, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine in L.A. who I considered to be. Unbelievably successful Mm -hmm. at his. I mean, he wasn't like running a show, but he was on his. Like it was very clear, he was doing really well. He was writing for late night, and he was really progressing. And he's like, "Yeah, this is. I'm. I'm I'm a waste." He's like, "I'm a failure. I'm not doing anything. Like this is. This is. I'm gonna get fired. Like there's no way this show keeps going." And I was just like, "Oh, so you? That's exactly what I'm thinking (laughs) now." And I'm really not doing anything. (laughs) Right. So like, this is just always. Always there. How you feel? I think like Tom Hanks feels that way. Maybe not Tom Hanks, but like successful. I think people you would see on television and be like, "Oh, they work all the time." Always sort of feel like I haven't done anything because, as the saying goes, "There's always someone cooler than you." There's always someone you right. can compare yourself to and be like, "Oh, they're better. They're more successful. They're they're bigger." And I so I feel it's important to say out loud, N- "I'm nothing." Every now and again, or I feel like I'm yeah. nothing
2: because we all feel that way. And yeah, if- sometimes I look at my resume. You know, like, and I'm like, no, I didn't do that. (laughs) That's not, whose is this? Right. You know, like, and I reminded, oh, I've done a bunch of things. Yeah. Why do I feel like I've never done anything? Yeah. And it's, but
0: but it's a good reminder also that like, I mean, you've won a Helen Hayes award. You're nominated again this year for a couple of them. And it still doesn't like all those sort of validation. I mean, you've won 48 hour twice. Right. And it, it doesn't
2: like, it's nice. Yeah. It's lovely. But it, it's not the answer. No, and I mean, it's like an Oscar won't be an answer. Right. You know, like it's, and everything is an answer for five minutes, right? Oh, like right. The it's standing an ovation I, on opening night of a show yeah. is, I, this validates the entire show. Right. And then you've got five more weeks of hoping well, somebody's going to go gonna stand up and clap at right. the end. Well, well even know? that
0: night. Like, I feel like the letdown, somebody just posted on Facebook about this, about because closed a show and like, we're reminded of post-show, they hadn't done a show in a while and they forgot about post-show depression. Which is something, I mean, I used yeah. to do that in high school. And I would just be like, I'd be a wreck after a show would close. And that's four performances after, you know, two months of rehearsal. Right. That's nothing. And, yeah, when we closed the run at the Fringe, I remember feeling like, what am I going to do on Monday? And I was right. a writer. Like, I wasn't even on stage. I was just going to the show. Like, my job was done. And, you know, because you spend so little time as an actor, as a writer, as a direct, doing the thing you're actually being, like, you're actually doing you spend so a yeah. little time acting you spend the rest of the time hustling auditioning or thinking mm-hmm. and one of those is terrible for a mind to sit around <laughs> thinking all the time about nothing yeah um but it's i think it's an important thing to say is that there's this when you it's important to recognize no i've done stuff and i'll do stuff yeah and but i'm gonna, but also to allow yourself to panic i think it's also very important to like oh, accept yeah. the panic and be like okay and then you can you can move on you need
2: it for the drive
0: Right. Right. There's Every a time little I is, think, well that's the thing is it's knowing the balance. Like a little bit of panic is very healthy. A little bit of like holy crap this deadline's coming and I haven't written anything. I should probably sit down and write. Yeah. Like, that's healthy. When that becomes paralyzing,
2: obviously that's very unhealthy. Oh yeah, right. I mean and so many people have just suffer from an inability to get going, mm-hmm. you know. And that Well, because it's, it's so daunting. So all you got to do is get that get the barn Right. But I mean, really, you know, like it's yeah. sort of like you really, really but, do understand the need to get the barn and put the show up. And
0: not, but also to not to also to understand what inc- what success looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, because what, what do you think success looks like? I'm interested to know, like, what do you find?
2: Um, I think that it looks like you're like in the hospital when you're 85, mm-hmm. you know, lying in bed and you don't go, man, I wish I had done this. Mm -hmm. you know? Like, like I feel like you, you don't have to be six, you don't have to, you don't have to like get it, but you have to risk it, Mm -hmm. right? That's success. If you gave it everything you got and you didn't make it, you know, that's fine because that wasn't the journey. That wasn't the path, right? Right. I mean, I'm a person of faith. Like Mm -hmm. that's, that's fine, you know, but if you gave it everything you got and you made it, that doesn't make you a success right Right. it's the giving everything you got that makes you a success if you got picked up when you were 15 because you looked good you know and then you spent the rest of your life in and out of rehab because you didn't really care about it right and then you were 85 and you're like man think of the roles i could have done even though i spent most of my life famous Mm -hmm. you know you're not a success what is that yeah right what does that mean? I, I started in, you know, I was in Baltimore City. We lived in a row house. It was full of rats. You know, like we were on free lunch my whole life. Like, my mom became a nurse like the day I graduated high school. She was in college for eight years while I was in school, you know, trying to make a better life for herself. Like, she's a success. Mm-hmm. Right? She, she was where she was and she climbed her way out. She gave everything she had to raising her kids and climbing her way out, you know? So, like, I feel like you know we get blessed with ability or we get blessed with talent or we get blessed with intelligence and you're only a success if you find a way to use it you know and I think the thing that for I think the thing that bothers us when we say I don't have something to do isn't that like I'm I'm a failure because I'm not doing anything it's that like I'm not putting to use what I what I've wanted my whole life to put to use Mm -hmm. and in that way, I'm failing, right? So, what's next? What's next? What's next? You know, and in the same way, like I'm—I will always be a gigantic success because my wife is hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like—that's sort of the I'm actual. Not laughing I'm not laughing because I'm not laughing. Just say like I have met your wife, and I'm, that's not why I'm laughing. So say that real fast. But <laughs> that's the real answer, though. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did. All right. So like now I can coast. Right. right? Now you're good. I'm a failure yeah. for the rest of my life. Can I, can I say else.
0: I greatly respect the sincere, like the unbiased earnesty, earnestness that you gave me that you then <laughs> felt you had to undercut with a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that instinct because <laughs> I recognize it fully in myself. But it is, I really feel, I don't want to, I don't want to belabor this, but I do feel it is important because I think you are someone who people in this, in the younger actors and, and people in this city would go like, Oh, Doug has a career. But, it, but I feel it's important for you to say that, like, I, I still feel the way you feel right now. Yeah. To know that feeling doesn't go away. No, no. Because you're, you're, I think we're always chasing, whether you do act, no matter what job you have, I feel like everyone's always chasing a finish line, chasing, when I have this, I'll be successful. I'll right. be safe. I'll be secure. And I feel that a lot of our social issues come from the fact that people have this goal line oriented view of life where right. it's like, no, no, today is a new day. It's a new struggle. It's a new whatever. And then tomorrow is the same way. It's and I, the process. Yeah. And that's what's important. It's the, st- like, because when you, once you reach the goal, like, the goal is whatever. It's a thing. It's an award. And then it's done, you know, five, ten minutes later. And then you have the rest of your life to yeah. live, you know. It's
2: like when a rainbow lands in your front yard, you mm-hmm. know. And you're like, oh, my God, I can, I'm going to start walking after that. Right. And it's just, every time you take a step towards it, it takes two. Yeah. Two, it moves. Like, it moves two feet away, right? Like, yeah.
0: You can chase the moon all night. You're yeah, never right. going to catch you're it. Yeah, you're never going to catch it. Yeah, it's not, and you shouldn't, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't chase it. I mean, that right. doesn't mean the journey was, was wasted. And that's why, I mean, it's a big question like, what is success? But I think that it's important. Do the show in the barn for 10 people. Right. Do it. It's not a fa- You're not a failure. Why are you doing it? It's that thing of like, are you doing it to get better? Then if you're better, better performer, better producer, better writer at the end of the show, then it was a success. It doesn't matter if it closed it. So, Steve, I, I heard a really great quote from Stephen Sondheim about this where he talked about how. He learned when he did Anyone Can Whistle, which ran for a whopping, you know, nine performances, <laughs> which is 180 fewer than the previews of, of uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. That's a good reach a, back. Yeah. The, um, he said that he was sad that it closed because more of his friends didn't get to see it. And that was it for him. He had that moment of like, this was a success. I wrote a show that I'm proud of. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot doing it. The next show will be better and we move on like and that's that's all you can right. hope for right and it's how it's that how you treat it that mm-hmm. that
2: is the difference
0: yeah and ultimately in this show i mean cuz i think that is a big message of this show is this idea of what is success what do you want what do you really want right and kit for all his comedy is sympathetic throughout the whole show, and I think he needs to be because otherwise his his ending needs to be sad. Right. You need to see this guy get what he wants, and what he wants is to be shot to death so he can be on the front page of the paper and be with his mother who is dead. Right. That's messed up in a way I can't even begin to describe. And the audience should walk out of there being like, I don't want that.
2: Right, I yeah. want that. The other thing I'm seeing, where this guy, these two Recognizes people are together the, and they are happy. The times doesn't matter, and, right? And how much does he then start transferring that need for approval into Morris? Right. As soon right. as Morris is like, I'm not in, not, I'm not as interested in having these phone calls with you. Right. You know, like he gets he gets I mean he becomes like a teenager fine. I'll, steal your
0: great, girlfriend. I'll steal your girlfriend <laughs> I'll do this other thing I'll take her away from you I'll you know maybe I'll call well and I love the mother has a line late in the show Morris's mother where she says maybe he'll call another cop yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're just like that's not <laughs> like it's such a great moment of like we've all lost sight of the ball here yeah like, he's killing people like that's the like if he gets to another cop fine they can like he needs to stop killing we need to find this guy right. like we can't
2: and that is the best thing about dark comedy is there is a huge suspension of disbelief. Yeah. And, all right, I'm not actually going to allow myself to think about that, right? Right. I'm not going to think that these people are horrible people because they're just people, right? And they're pursuing their things and they've all lost touch. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I won't think they're bad people because they they would rather be famous than catch the killer. Right. <laughs> I'm just going to go along with this story. Right. I'm just going to ride this train for yeah. a while. What just to, to sort of wrap things up with,
0: about the show, like I, I normally do. The question I usually ask is, "What's your favorite song from the show?" Oh yeah,
2: uh, the first move. The first move.
1: Can you just call and say hi? I'm the stranger.
2: Is the
0: toughest to
1: me. Oh, Morris, I'm getting goosebumps. Check your breathing. Pulse is racing. You are filled with desire. Careful not to perspire. We're so close now. Almost touching. Make a move. Play the hound. More wine? No, thanks. I'm losing ground, but the first move. When you're out on the kill, it's so easy. Go by instinct. You're so suave and urbane as you pour the champagne. Arms extended, glasses clinking. Now Now you're both face to face. Forget the case.
0: Oh, that's Uh, interesting.
2: I love them like sort of... uh, almost like they're saying all the same things about a first kiss right you know and like the the, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this woman right and then like when he's drawing the lipstick kiss and they both sing
1: she's dying for my kiss take aim don't make
2: I love it. I love like drawing drawing the comparison between I'm on a first date and I'm gonna murder somebody. Right, you know, that's nice. I like that's a good.
0: Ch- I really like that song. I was gonna talk about that earlier. When the, I like that the way. That's another thing musicals do better than a lot of things is parallel mm-hmm. action, and also that song does that, but also has musicals do inner monologue better than i think straight plays do of that moment of like i can like she's talking to me right and i'm gonna sing my thoughts to you while she's talking <laughs> and then we'll we'll switch like we'll do we'll go back and forth and it gives you a nice clean insight into somebody's psyche right that
2: you know is hard to do yeah it's a really nice moment when they when uh, sarah and morris meet at the uh the apartment like when he knocks on the door and she mm-hmm. comes to answer the door and then they're they're like, they're talking to each other, but she's singing her thoughts over him talking, right? Like he's, yeah, he's and like vice versa. Just yeah. sort of like eventually, like you know, like si- you didn't hear that on the radio, uh, <laughs> silently. He's miming, <laughs> while she's singing. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for being aware. I didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that like I'm I'm still asking you questions, and you're going, oh, he's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. love that. I love yeah, the, that's nice.
0: It's a great show. I'm really glad you brought it to my attention uh, and I'm always excited this is the third one of these this is after uh, Star Mites and Be More Chill where I had not heard of the show at all it was exciting and then there's a whole album of material to listen to yeah, and to so get you can like do a whole new month <laughs> The original cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. If you like the original cast, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. It's the easiest way to make sure other people can find the show. The original cast is on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at originalcastpod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn on Twitter at unknownpenguin. My thanks to Doug Wilder for coming down and talking to me today. I'm Patrick Flynn and I can't. I have rehearsal.